0: This is Morgan, um, and I'm here on the Naked Without Shame show. And in today's episode, we're going to be talking about the issue of abortion, which is obviously a very hot topic right now. Um, But I think that Megan and I want to address this topic um, more talking about the the inner logic behind it and sort of contrasting that logic with the logic that we have tried to explain in this show um, that John Paul II outlines regarding the human person. Open your Open up your Hello, Megan. Hey Morgan, how's it going? <laughs> good, good. How are you? Good,
1: good, I'm good. I'm Where tuning in f- again from afar. Tuning in, yeah. <laughs> from yes. afar. For those who are watching, yes, I am I am not in the studio, but Morgan, you're looking good over there. You look like a news reporter,
0: actually. Thanks. Yeah, this is kind of a new setup for us—the desk. Nice. Yeah, yeah I like we're it. in a new studio too, which is kind of cool. So,
1: yeah, super yeah. cool. I wish I was there, but this is awesome that we can still talk. And it sounds like we have an interesting topic we want to talk about today, especially yeah. in light of the fact that you are going to have a baby soon. Yes. <laughs>
0: Yeah, so if you cannot see, I am very pregnant. Um, I am going to be giving birth in about eight weeks. We'll see, give or take. Um, So, yeah, it's something that um, this has obviously had a huge influence on my thought and thinking this past year regarding John Paul II's theology of the body, um, because the child, you know, the logic of the child and gift is like a huge part of his thought. And it's something I never had personal experience with until now. Mm Um, so yeah, I think we wanted to talk about, well sort of use my experience to outline or shed light on this issue of abortion, basically, that's become very relevant because since the whole overturning of Roe v. Wade um thing that's happened. Right. Mm-hmm. So
1: Yeah, yeah, which has caused a lot of stir and a lot of just thought, people thinking and discussing, you know, whether or not it should happen. Those sorts of, those sorts of issues, right. you know, yeah, it seems like um, what does this mean abortion. for people? Yes. Yeah. yes. What does yeah, this mean exactly. for the country? What does this mean for like individual, individual states, like their legislation, gotcha. the power that we have to make it legal or not? So in light of, of that, and then also the expansion of your own family and your own experience in pregnancy. Yeah. I'm excited to kind of think about how the theology of the body can like illuminate us to understand the truth about the child as you're saying um and about how we receive children how we view children when we learn that we're we're going to expect a baby um does that experience and the experience of the child have to do with love and gift right yeah so yeah exactly yeah
0: Yeah, and I think we wanted to contrast that then with the logic that we're seeing in the culture which kind of is like coming out of the woodwork. I mean, I feel like I the issue of abortion has not been like a hot topic until this overturning of Roe v. Wade prospect was introduced. I feel like no one was really talking about it at least in my, you know, circles mm-hmm. or experience. Um but it seemed like for me it's been really fascinating. Um sad. I mean, definitely sad to kind of see like how powerful the pro-abortion sort of lobby is still. Um but then also to like understand the the logic behind it, which might be a little different than it was in the beginning. Um, I think that now, so maybe in the beginning the the sort of pro-abortion logic was more like centered on um, maybe like the injustice of like a woman potentially dying because of childbirth and like they should be able to get abortion or like cases of rape or incest. And this was sort of the, the more like prominent logic that was used to justify abortion and i guess what i've seen which i'd be interested to hear what you what your take is megan what i've seen is that logic doesn't seem to be as pronounced anymore or as typical it seems to be the logic more is the burden basically that pregnancy inherently places on the woman and how that's something that is just like just inherently unjust almost if it's not explicitly chosen in every moment of pregnancy mm-hmm. right like that burden is mm-hmm. too much To ask. Um, Yeah. Sure. Does that make sense? Of somebody who isn't
1: choosing it. Yeah. 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 I I would agree. I think the logic initially, as you're saying, seemed to like find a way to help the exception, you know, like the, the women who were in these exceptional situations where it seemed merciful to try to help them out of a bad situation.
0: Yes. Yeah, I know, truly like the, unjust situation, like a like a tragic mm-hmm. situation even.
1: Yeah. Right. Yes. So like coming out of a place of like help and mercy, and I'm sure there are still um, like tinges of that even t- today in, in like the logic of people who support abortion. Um, but I think like the culture in general kind of lends towards, once again, like a, an autonomous type of anthropology, like so individual that I have the right to not be burdened by another person. And, and it can even happen, you know, within our families, like feeling this burden of children, having children, the difficulties they cause. And then in this particular way, um, with pregnancy, if, if a woman, you know, doesn't feel like this is going to be good for her. Well, a burden must mean I can just push it off to the side. I can get rid of this in order to, to do what I want with my life.
0: Yeah. yeah, yeah. Or my autonomy trumps whatever the life inside of me is. I mean, the debate, the debate of like, Mm -hmm. whether it's a person or not, I think has even like kind of fallen by the wayside. I feel like most of the time what's emphasized in the pro-abortion logic is really just this experience of a burden and how that's unjust. Um, Mm -hmm. And yeah, what I think is just really fascinating about that is it highlights this, this logic that we've kind of, we learned, you know, at the John Paul II Institute, we always talk about like our education there. Um, One -hmm. thing that we really learned that's characteristic of our modern society, our modern liberal society, as we call it, um, in this logic of liberalism is this idea that like the individual and their power to choose is like the highest good. It's like everything, basically. And so you conceive of yourself as this sort of like isolated individual, separate from other people, separate from family, separate from your community, religion, all of these things. And and that's sort of who, that's the essence of who you are, right? Mm-hmm. And anything that if you're choosing to be in relationship, needs to be first and foremost a choice, or else it's an injustice, or it's a it's a almost a violence against the person, right? Mm-hmm. So this is kind right. of like again, I was saying like the liberal logic, and we're seeing that now in this, I, I think in a very, very pronounced way, in this abortion debate. that mm-hmm. that is kind of like right. what's being brought forth as the primary like argument for abortion, basically. Sure.
1: right. And with this idea of like really being so autonomous that my my freedom, to, to do whatever I want trumps anything makes me think of how like in a way it makes you your own God, you know, like it's kind of like, I, I'm choosing what is true for me. I'm choosing what is good for me. And of course, like we do have free will and that is a good thing. Um, but once again, like the, this autonomy also keeps us from like, considering relationship in our autonomy. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, like, like we're not just ourselves and the choices we make affect other people and to include other people in our lives as an individual, like I think makes us more free and it's more true to a good and healthy community, a good and healthy lifestyle. Um, so Yeah. yeah, so like based on, this, this autonomy, um, mindset, how, um, I guess, how would we then like contrast that to what we've, you know, learned from John Paul II. And he is like super strong about how like being in relationship and, and the demands of love actually like free us to being, um, ourselves and, yeah. you know, fully alive. Us
0: to actually become yeah. ourselves. We right. need relationship. Right. That's like right. the John Paul II's logic mm-hmm. that's obviously like very different than the one we were just saying.
1: Exactly. Modern
0: so like, liberal logic. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So in your experience then, like with you being pregnant, why is it that you don't see your baby as a burden or you're okay with the difficulties of pregnancy or, you know, this baby kind of taking over your body, (laughs) (laughs) you know, like then
0: creature inside of you. Yeah. I
1: mean, what is your experience? Do you ever get tempted to think that your baby's a burden or
0: I don't know. I think that I would say I don't have personal experience of an unwanted pregnancy. I mean, my husband and I both deeply wanted our baby. Um, but I definitely have experience of like have the experience of the sort of like uncanny realization when you're first pregnant, like there is a person inside of you that is kind of taking over your body. I mean, making you sick, kind of like eating away at your resources. I mean, like this is a very you know at first especially a very strange experience. Um, and for me, I think I always. Yeah, I always had the grace to see this as a beautiful thing and like a very wanted, very like something some, also, yeah, like what we're saying, like this this thing that actually completed me. So it's like, I didn't see it as opposed to myself and my own freedom and autonomy. I saw it as something that actually completed that, but that's, you know, I had the grace to have that experience. Um, also through like studying theology of the body for so many years and like being very formed in this way of thinking. Um, But yeah, I would definitely like, I want to affirm that it is a tension, right? Like the, the experience of pregnancy is like a very, it is very, very, you know, opposed and like opposite to the way of thinking that we are all formed in. I mean, even if we're Catholic, you know, we live in this, we live in America. We live in this sort of like liberal world where this is like, we are like kind of, whether we like it or not taught to think of ourselves as kind of like these autonomous individuals who are separate and from every everyone else in their community and we kind of people can be like burdens on us you know i mean this is this is like a way of thinking that we are formed in um and so it is it's still the, the tension is still there i guess um mm. yeah
1: so so how then would you say like our education in the theology of the body our studies with it um give you a more maybe like true and natural experience then to what it means to be like gift in your case, like mother, like what is it about those times of tension or those times of maybe difficulty that allow you to rest in, I don't know, the truth of like what you're saying, this completion of your self gift. Right.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I would say for me, Sorry, my headphones are kind of wonky. Um, (laughs) For me, I don't think it was so much that, like, I I learned these teachings and then I was like, oh, okay, I believe this. Therefore, I will have this experience. It was more like, so it wasn't so, like, intellectual, I guess. It was more like what John Paul II was saying helped to uncover in me um, a desire and like experiences that I think were al- already there in some way. So, I mean, Jean Paul II talks about original experiences, how like the experience of Adam and Eve in the garden before the fall, you know, of this perfect harmony, this perfect love, um, and just like this experience, this perfect experience of like the order of nature and given by, as given by God, like that is somehow in us. That's what he proposes, even though it's covered over because of sin in various ways. So I would say that like through, through hearing the teachings of John Paul II, reading and whatever, like being in community with people talking about it and just being in the church, I guess, that that experience, the original, you know, original experience became more, it, it kind of was uncovered in me, essentially, I would mm-hmm. say. Like, I would say it felt very natural to me, actually. I mean, and I think I also, like, this is also just, you know, the story of my conversion, but like... I realized at a certain point that this sort of autonomous way of living of like okay I'm just going to like live for myself become successful do what I want all the time like that you know be totally free that was not making me happy that was not actual freedom really mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. I had already had that realization you know years and years ago with my conversion and it was something that obviously was deepening and deepening and so I think that's what kind of prepped me to receive the gifts of this pregnancy in a in a different way than I probably would have, you know, at 18 before my conversion, I'm sure. Very different. Um mm-hmm. and to like face the issues that I faced of like being super nauseous all the time in the beginning. And now like getting mm-hmm. super big and like it's hard for me to fit through things anymore. <laughs> like <laughs> I just have this big belly. My clothes don't fit. You know, all, all these things. Like, like to to face like- those. <laughs> Not not as a burden, but as, like, as something that, again, is, like, helping me realize myself more, basically, to become more myself. And I feel that way. I feel actually more free. I feel more at peace through this experience. Mm. But, yeah, I think it was. That's awesome. Yeah. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, it does. Okay. So, So it's like all these things that you had been experiencing before your pregnancy kind of opened you to just embrace almost like a way of being, right? Like a, a way of ec- accepting like relationship and accepting love in your life. And that way you could receive this child, you know, yeah. in a way that you know is natural and good. Um, And it sounds like too, that like the, these demands that you're saying <laughs> upon you um, that can feel or seem like burdens in a way, like I think John Paul II would, also like promote that these are opportunities of love these are ways to like not see this as like a burden and like an oppression against my freedom and my body but it's actually like an opportunity to receive someone and to care for them even though like you're not necessarily even getting anything in return Even though, you know, you're not fitting in your clothes (laughs) or through doors or whatever it is, (laughs) or like, you know, you're just (laughs) small (laughs) corners. Yeah. Small corners. Can't squeeze through people at church, you know, like it's, it's, uh, it's really, I think a beautiful way to start seeing others and even like the way that others treat us. I know we're talking particularly about the child and the issue of pregnancy and abortion, but in general, like children, do cause a lot of burdens upon us in a way like there's there's difficulties there's stresses to raising children
0: and yeah. to well they're completely dependent just... yes, that's the thing right. about <laughs> children is like they cannot take care of themselves they need you to take care of them and therefore like they do place a demand on you just inherently in their very being they can't just do their own thing right. and be these sort of like in our culture we think that you know everyone just be autonomous do your own thing and don't don't place any demands on me and we're good like that's how we should live in society Like, the child inherently challenges that. Absolutely. Which is
1: maybe why we're not seeing as many people having big families, too. I thought of that, you know, like, maybe that could be linked to it.
0: Or just Um, not having children in general, that new mm -hmm. sort of trend.
1: I see a lot. I read
0: um, Yahoo News a lot, a confession I'm making right now. I... I don't know why I do it. It just makes me frustrated every time, but I think I somehow like that experience of frustration. It's, <laughs> I, I I read it and it like helps me like be kind of in touch with like sort of the world, but it also like gives right. me this. Yeah, it's bad. But anyway, B-A-M-A. a lot of times. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but anyway, I, I read Yahoo News a lot. And a lot of times they will post articles about this exact thing, like people choosing not to have children or people, people even saying like, I wish I didn't have children. That was a recent one I saw that I thought Mm. was just like really very sad. Um, Mm. But just basically saying that like this experience of like dependence that you have with the child, it's not worth it. And like, it's not, it's it's not, not, it's not part of your happiness. It can't contribute Mm. to your happiness. And maybe for some people it does, but for all these people, these articles are saying like it doesn't and Mm -hmm. I think it's just yeah it's just interesting it's sort of highlighting this this trend in thought of like maybe you don't maybe you shouldn't have kids like maybe you should just like do your own thing your whole life Mm -hmm. and you'll be happier
1: right but I think people at some point recognize this like this lack or this loneliness you know in in some way somehow um yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah, that's really interesting that you like are reading those recently, <laughs> like those those articles that they're coming up more. Like why? Well, yeah, you and I think especially in light of
0: the abortion issue. I think they're being yeah they're more popular now. Absolutely. Yeah. So.
1: So yes, it's true that like there, like you're saying, there's a tension, <laughs> between like the demands of children, but then also like knowing that through those demands we can be a gift, like. As, as I, was say, I was saying, like opportunities for love, right? Mm-hmm. I th- I just think it's uh it's so like amazing to embrace that hard, but like it's 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 amazing that we can take like those opportunities where we're not getting anything or we're we're feeling like we don't we don't want to sacrifice for children or for others around us, and like push through the feeling of. Uh, negativity and like actually just choose to love. I mean, that's, that's like very Christ-like to do that, to just push through like, you know, I want what I want when I want it instead like choosing to like choose the good of the other, really yeah. like whether or not I feel good about it or not,
0: <laughs> right.
1: you know, yeah. Yeah, yeah, whether yeah. or not I'm getting anything out of it.
0: Um, yeah. Are you because feel in like fact, in I'm like giving everything. Out. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Right, like especially for children, like I'm giving everything. I'm giving my body. I'm giving my money. I'm giving, all you know, resources, yeah. all my time. Right, but you know, with John Paul II being such a, you know, advocate of the family, and seeing how like real family life, when lived well, can image this love of God and this peace and this life of grace, like seeing him, like really. I don't know, like fight for the family. There must be something to that, like to, to live in that, that way of like total outpouring. There must be something true to like my humanity to, to do that. Yeah. So Yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah. But I guess I want now to, maybe we can like shift to focusing on How do we, okay, if that experience is not natural to us, because I think in a lot of ways, like, we're, you know, we're talking about all these, like, sort of this new kind of trend of, like, not wanting kids and thinking kids are just too much of a burden. I think that's present Mm -hmm. in our culture. But I think there's also, like, enough, too, of, like, the more, I would say, natural experience of, like. You know, people still want kids. People still want to have families. They they don't just want to like do their own thing their whole lives. And like, I mean, you know, just to be fair, like I think there are still a lot of people that make that <laughs> choice. Right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, absolutely. Guess, people are what, still having children. <laughs> yeah, people are still having kids. So. The world's not going to end, but um, no. hopefully. <laughs> oh, <laughs> um, but how how do you how are people making that? I guess I'm trying to say, what makes it worth it for for people? I mean, even like outside of like John Paul II's, you know, theology that we're, we're trying to kind of explain, but like what in a kind of more concrete, tangible way, like what makes it, what makes it worth it for people? Or what do you think, how do you think people continue to do it without just like saying, throwing in the towel, like, okay, this is just too much. Um,
1: right. What comes to mind is actually um, a, a woman I know, a friend of mine who had a son with her husband and later on um, decided to have another child. And I think she, her and her husband were like, okay with one, but they wanted to have another. And I think the logic that they gave is that, well, we don't want like our son to like be alone if we like move on or we pass away. Hmm. Right. Like it would be good for our son to have another family member to like live in community with and like take care of and like have have in their lives yeah. so I think there's like this sense of like that's good to like have family yeah. I think no matter what like it's it's good to have others in our lives I think yeah. that never like to not be in a way that never yeah. right that never goes away I think when COVID happened like and everything shut down I I yeah. feel like that also created this sense in people of like, oh my gosh, where's my family? Like in times of crisis, where are the people that I can take care of and are going to take care of me? Right. You know? So, so I think when, when like these times of, like I said, crisis or just awarenesses of, of our solitude, like our aloneness happen, like we, we realize, oh, it would be better, it would be better to have others here.
0: Yeah. I don't want to be alone. Even right. though I might say I might think I want to be alone all the time. I actually mm-hmm. fundamentally don't want to be alone. And it's a it's a very right. scary prospect to be alone. Yeah.
1: It um
0: is. it is very yeah. scary. And that tells us something. I mean that's actually very, very profound. It um, mm-hmm. tells us something about who we are as humans. Mm-hmm. Um right. yeah. And yeah, yet we get tricked into thinking that. <laughs> right. <laughs>
1: yeah, you know, exactly. by by like the kind of air of our culture, we get tricked into thinking like that I'm okay on my own. Right. I don't need other people.
0: Yeah. Yeah, but I exactly. wonder
1: if, if we really like didn't have other people, you know, like if, if access to people was gone, yeah. would we still, would we still feel that way?
0: Yeah, 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 so. exactly.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's a really interesting point. So, I think that's a huge part mm-hmm. of it. Just this, mm-hmm. like this need for the need for others, which family and like having children like definitely highlights. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. In a like, very particular way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. I think, too, the other sort of thing that I was thinking about with, like, what makes it worth it for people to continue to have families, even though, like, in some ways, like, it is, like, a you know, it's a, it causes you suffering. It asks a lot of you. Um, I think it's just, like, really, like, the experience of love. I mean, it's related to what you were saying of, like, this, this desire not to, to, to have another, you know, and, like, love is obviously a huge component of that. But, like... I just think of like, I mean, I think even my, you know, my mom always told me this, that like, when you have children, like you experience a love that like you didn't know was possible. And there's something just like so like natural and almost like primal about that experience. Like you don't have to be, you know, you don't have to be Catholic to have that experience. It's just just something that's so inherent and true to our nature. Like that this child that's yours, like even though it's, you know, crying all the time, making you not sleep. You know, I'm trying to gear myself up for this phase in life in a couple weeks. (laughs) Like, but somehow like, and people keep telling me because I express that fear, like, oh my gosh, like, how am I not going to sleep? That's going to be crazy. Like, I love sleep more than like most things in life. (laughs) How we function? (laughs) And people always tell me like, you just love your baby so much. Like you don't understand, you know, and I already have that experience. Like I was saying with like being pregnant, but I think like when the baby's born, it'll be like, you know, times a million basically, like, you just wanna be there for your child. And I don't wanna sugarcoat it. I mean, I think that people do suffer. There's a real suffering. There's a real stretching of your person that happens in having children. And so I don't wanna like, just say like, oh, it's just all sunshine and roses. But I think that like, the problem is, this is you know what I'm willing to say. I think the problem is people, like I was talking about before, like we have this tendency because of sin to like cover over our, our more original experience. And because of woundedness, I think a lot of times we're wounded, we have, we have like sort of these relational wounds. And so we kind of like our more natural, original, again, experience of love is not as accessible to us, if that makes sense. right? But mm-hmm. so it's like really a matter of like not covering over that experience of like just like this pure love that you feel for mm. this child, um,
1: mm.
0: and like having the—I don't
1: know—almost the openness, like the, the openness, openness to yeah. that love. Exactly. Yeah, because what I'm what I'm thinking is um, like the the I think the ways and the reasons why we do cover up that that the kind of natural innate sense of. Love in the order of love, especially in the family, is because it when it 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 kind of makes us feel unsafe and like unprotected and vulnerable. You know, yeah. To to like always be open to love and to demands and to sacrifices. Yeah, right. Yeah, because um, it wounded we... us
0: before. That openness has wounded us in the past. Exactly. So,
1: right. We question: is yeah. it
0: is it worth it to continue to be open to it?
1: Mm hmm. Yeah. Right. yeah. Yeah. But I just like imagine Christ and like the ways that he was open to everyone and was willing to sacrifice and like seeing his his life and his model, I'm sure helps parents so much <laughs> like, like to get through, you know, the 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 demands or difficulties of, of children. Yeah.
0: yeah. To affirm as the good love as they may be. Yeah. Over the sacrifice. To say that, that mm-hmm. this love is actually more primary and more and it's true, greater and more true, mm-hmm. exactly. Then I mean, the mm-hmm. sacrifice actually just affirms that experience mm-hmm. of love, and it becomes mm-hmm. a part of that somehow. It doesn't become a me. It's not just meaningless the suffering. It actually is like mm-hmm. for the sake of this love, right? For the sake of and I imagine, basically,
1: and I imagine over time, the more you do that, I'm sure that there is a way that that love and sacrifice tr- like transforms you.
0: Yeah. It becomes, I think it becomes easier. I see that with my own, yeah, with my mom. You know, she always tells me like when she had kids, like she was very like in this sort of like individualistic mentality of, I want to do my own thing. And then she really Mm -hmm. has become one of the most sacrificial people I know. She's always thinking of her kids, you know? Mm -hmm. And I just think that, yeah, it's just really beautiful just in this very natural way. Like having the, the experience of having children like really transformed her. Yeah. I made Absolutely. sacrifice a lot. More. I, it's hard for me to comprehend how someone could be so sacrificial. <laughs> I hope that, you know, having children and mm-hmm. just whatever God does through my vocation, like, helps me to do that better. But
1: Absolutely. I think yeah. that, you know, precisely the vocation itself, whether it's to marriage or to religious life, is like this education and love. Yeah. Right? So not only are you doing this with your spouse, but then children allow you the opportunities, once again, not the demands, but the opportunities to choose love. And that education and love just helps you flourish, helps you be more free. Yeah. So,
0: yeah. So cool. So I guess what would we, I don't know, what would we say to someone who like is very like kind of in the thick of this logic that we were talking about, this like autonomous logic and like is very pro-abortion mm-hmm. because of it? Like, how would we? Because again, I don't want to be too like sunshine and roses. Like, oh, like <laughs> we'll just like give up yourself, and like you're gonna be whatever. It means gonna be fine. It's gonna like, be great. Yeah, yeah. Like, how would how would you like start to maybe have that conversation with someone, or start to address that? Um,
1: right. It's good to bring it bring it back to that. I think by starting off with what you just said, like okay, this isn't like all sunshine and roses. Like this is hard. But I think the question once again is like, why is it worth it? I think until you have an authentic experience of like love within that, I think within that context, it makes like much more sense. The context of, well, any context really, but maybe in the context of like having a child or even just like encountering a child that like kind of pierces you like the the simplicity and the goodness and the love of a child yeah that that pierces you or even just like having an experience of sacrificing like a little sacrifice for someone and like once again uncovering like the ways that our woundedness and our our hard hearts have closed us off to that that beauty. Yeah. Um yeah. That's what I would say and that that is hard to like teach even to ourselves. Right. You know, it's it's hard to teach us the truth um and this is why like the theology of the body is like a teaching on the human experience. Like we're we're talking about it, right? But we learn these things in our day-to-day lives. Yeah. So I guess I would add I guess I would add that to how do you bring it back and and address that with somebody who is still, you know, pro-abortion or like uh, accepts like pro-abortion logic with seeing children as burden if you're not choosing the child? Um, I would go there. What would you say? Yeah,
0: yeah. I I would agree with you. I think mm-hmm. yeah, the, the highlighting the beauty and like encouraging. Yeah, not – I mean, not just encouraging other people, encouraging, like, ourselves to, like, affirm – to uncover sort of the wounds that, like, prevent us from being open to this experience of beauty, basically. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah. So somehow, like, facilitating that um, in your relationship with the person. But also, like, I would say – I mean, the thing that immediately came to my mind is just, like, the question of, like, what is your life for? Like, asking yourself that question. Yeah. You know, because I think a lot of Mm -hmm. people, like – They don't ask themselves that question. They kind of like operate out of these, these, this logic that like, it's not really, they don't examine it. It's just kind of like an assumption that they have. Um, And I think a lot of times when people do that, they end up, yeah, like missing out on like something that's going to actually be more natural and more fulfilling to them. Maybe harder. Yes. yes. I agree. And like less safe, Mm -hmm. like you were saying you know, to open ourselves to relationship and the wounds that could come with that is not, you know, it is unsafe. <laughs> it's very vulnerable. It's very hard. Right. But yeah, to kind of like encourage people to examine like, okay, when, when you live that way, when you live in this sort of like closed off way and you sort of are not open to like experiences of sacrifice yeah, in relationship, um, like how are you happy? I don't know. Like, are mm-hmm. you really happy? Um, because right. I would say for myself, think- like if someone asked me that question before my conversion, I would like, it would probably really provoke me. Like, I'll go, I don't mm. think I am happy, <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. There's <laughs> another way, you know, maybe they just don't know mm-hmm. there's another way or there's another way of thinking about this or yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Right. I think it's also along with that, a matter of like values and maybe like not only asking the question of like, what is your life for? But like, what do you authentically value Yeah, and like think about those values in light of just life right so like and do I want to be a person who like does value like consideration of others and sacrifice and courage and like doing hard things I think that's one value that has really struck me lately it's like I want to value doing harder things you know yeah because that leads to a more sacrificial life and having the courage to do that.
0: Yeah, and it's more beautiful. Um, it's more beautiful when I do things that are hard. Yeah. Even though yeah. they're hard.
1: Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I, um, I've i been reading a book um, called The Twelve Rules of Life. Have you heard of this book?
0: Wait. No. By Jordan Peterson? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love Jordan Peterson. He's the best. Okay, I never read that. Okay, well,
1: okay. Well, I'm I'm listening to it on audiobook, and one of the rules is. I know this seems like a long shot, but it kind of ties in. Um, one of the rules of life is to like always like compare yourself to who you were yesterday, than who someone else is today. It makes mm-hmm. me think of like, look at yourself, and like what are, what are the values you're living by? And can you like improve those day to day?
0: I don't know. Interesting. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So like, can I look at yesterday and say like, I carried through with like good values or like I thought about my life and I like lived for others. I don't know. Just kind of came to my mind, but yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. That was really cool.
1: Yeah. But like the idea of like, yeah. Examining your life, I guess. And, like, really having these deeper questions of, like, who am I for? What is my life for? Mm -hmm. And what, like, values do I want to emulate, like, in the world? Yeah. Um,
0: Yeah, and sort of challenging yourself. I think that's mm -hmm. Jordan Peterson, like, part of his genius is, like, and why he's so popular is he encourages people, especially young people, to challenge themselves in a world that, like, that's not the logic. That's not the popular logic. It's, like, just do whatever you Mm -hmm. want and just, like, don't. (laughs) don't challenge yourself just like you're good like Jordan Peterson like really seriously questions that and I think people are really Mm -hmm. attracted to it Mm -hmm. which is beautiful
1: yeah it is yeah it's cool yeah so awesome well is there anything else that comes to mind with this topic of um just like the the recent things on abortion that have been going on and like what we've highlighted with the different different logics um you know, we didn't really, we didn't want this talk to be like condemning or even about like people who have abortions or who, who are pro choice, but more like to really highlight the logic. And once again, like to challenge all of us to like reflect on our lives and say, like, what is the child and having a child mean for my fulfillment in life? Like, what does that mean for living self gift in my life? And how can I see those moments of burden actually as something to embrace beautifully, though it's full of sacrifice, but to see them one at a time is like an opportunity to choose love and to choose self-gift.
0: Yeah. Even if it's incredibly Um, hard and the circumstances are wrong and all these different things. I mean, like the John Paul II would say, like, this is an opportunity to be courageous and to affirm like this incredible beauty that like will sanctify you, not only sanctify you, but make you happy, make you happier, make you more yourself, you know, to embrace this thing, even if it wasn't chosen, you know, that's the whole thing too. We didn't talk about that as much, but like this whole like idea that everything in your life has to be chosen or else it's bad. I mean, this is very like, John Paul II really seriously challenges that. (laughs) I mean like, I remember, you know, know, I was thinking of D.L. Schindler, you know, one of our professors, a brilliant man. He always says like the two most important things in life were not chosen. And there's something really, really profound in that. And he uses this to question the sort of liberalism and the logic of liberalism. He says right. birth, being born, we, we didn't choose to be born. I mean, it's something that people don't really think about. <laughs> did, yeah, literally didn't choose true. to be born. Um, and, and that's a, baptism. That's very important. <laughs> yes. And it's like um, most important. thing. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. And baptism, which I always say, and like, baptism. I did choose to be baptized, so it's kind of – but not really. <laughs> <laughs> God chose me. But anyway.
1: Right. Yeah, you know, But yeah, like the is, so
0: the church's practice of infant baptism, this sort of is the more normal way of coming into the church, into the life of grace. Like it's not something you choose. It's imposed okay. on you. And there's something that like he says, like this is actually like an incredibly beautiful, incredibly, incredibly profound thing. That our life is not about choice. It's actually about what's given to us. Even if, yeah, and like talking about the issue of abortion, like I, we're willing to say, like even though it's a very difficult, controversial thing to say, like even if that thing that's given to you is very difficult and causes Mm -hmm. a lot of suffering, like still somehow, like to not exit out of that, but to embrace it is like a more beautiful way, a more beautiful path. And like, we need to like, Mm -hmm. you know, obviously there's all these different things we can talk about with that, of like supporting these people, giving these people resources that they need and just walking with them and, you know, taking on those burdens with them. That's also an essential part of it. Like we can't do it alone. Absolutely. yeah, yeah,
1: um, yeah. oh, that's great, Morgan. That's a really good summary. Thanks. <laughs> <That's> awesome.
0: <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, we just wanted yeah, to give our two like cents point. about this whole abortion topic, and not in the kind of like more political way. We don't typically do that. I want to talk more mm-hmm. about the the deeper logic things, right? The person, the experience. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Awesome. Yeah. Thanks, Morgan. (laughs) Yeah, thanks, Megan. Okay, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode. Um, We really hope that you enjoyed it. Um, We just wanted to um, let you know that you can support Awaken Catholic um, at theawakenapp.io. And you can also support specifically our show, The Naked Without Shame Show, at thenakedwithoutshameshow.com. And we would really appreciate it if you did.